Section 2 of The Destination of Man by Johann Gottlieb Fichte. Translated by Jane Sinnet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 2 Doubt Chain of Rigid Natural Necessity i myself with all that i call mine am but a link in this chain of rigid natural necessity there was a time so others tell me and although i am not immediately conscious of it i am compelled by reason to admit it as a truth there was a time in which i was not and a moment in which i began to be i then only existed for others not yet for myself since then myself my conscious being has gradually developed itself and i have discovered in myself certain faculties and capacities wants and natural desires i am a definite creature which came into existence at a certain time i have not come into existence by my own power it would be the highest absurdity to suppose that before i was at all i could bring myself into existence i have then been called into being by a power out of myself and what should this be but the universal power of nature of which i form a part the time at which my existence commenced and the attributes belonging to me were determined by this universal power of nature and all the forms under which these my inborn attributes have since manifested themselves have been determined by the self-same power it was impossible that instead of me another should have arisen it is impossible that at any moment of my existence i should be other than what i am that my successive states of being have been accompanied by consciousness that some of them such as thoughts resolutions and the like appear to be nothing but various modifications of consciousness need not perplex my reasonings it is the nature of the plant regularly to develop itself of the animal to move towards the attainment of certain ends of man to think why should i hesitate to acknowledge the latter as an original power of nature as well as the first and second nothing could prevent me from doing so but the astonishment i feel at such a conclusion thought is assuredly a far higher and more subtle operation of nature than the formation of a plant or the motion of an animal i cannot explain how the power of nature can produce thought but can i better explain its operation in the production of a plant in the motion of an animal to attempt to deduce thought from any mere organization of matter is an extravagance into which i shall not easily fall but can i then explain from it the formation of the simplest moss those original powers of nature cannot be explained for it is only through them that we can explain anything thought exists in nature as well as the creative power which gives birth to the plant the thinking being arises and develops itself by natural laws and exists through nature there is therefore in nature an original thinking power as well as an original plant creating power 
this original thinking power advances and develops itself through all the modifications of which it is capable as the other original forces of nature assume all possible forms i like the plant am a particular manifestation of the formative power like the animal a particular manifestation of the power of motion and in addition to these a particular manifestation of the thinking power and it is the union of these three original forces in one harmonious development that makes the distinguishing characteristic of any species as it is the distinguishing characteristic of the plant species to be merely a manifestation of the plant forming power figure motion thought in me are not consequent on one another but are the simultaneous and harmonious developments of what might be called the man-forming power necessarily manifest in itself in a creature of my species i am not what i am because i think so or will so nor do i think and will because i am but i am and i think both absolutely as certainly as those original powers of nature exist for themselves and have their own internal laws and purposes so certainly must their manifestations in the world of reality if left to themselves and not subjected to any foreign force endure for a certain period of time and pass through a certain series of changes that which should vanish at the moment of its production could not be the expression or manifestation of an original power but only an effect of the combined operation of various powers the plant when left to itself proceeds from the first germination to the ripening of the seed man a particular manifestation of all the powers of nature in their union when left to himself no accident intervening proceeds from birth to death in old age hence the duration of the life of man and of plants and the various modifications of this their life this form this motion this thought this duration of all essential qualities amidst many non-essential changes belong to me as to a being of my species but this man-forming power in nature had displayed itself before the commencement of my existence under various conditions and circumstances these external circumstances have determined the particular mode of their present operation in the production of precisely such an individual of my species as i am the same circumstances can never recur or the whole of nature must retrograde the same individuals can never again receive reality further the man-forming power of nature has manifested itself at the time of my production under manifold conditions and circumstances no combination of circumstances can perfectly resemble those under which i received existence and unless the universe could be divided into two similar but unconnected worlds two perfectly similar individuals cannot be produced by these conditions and circumstances it was determined that this definite person i should become and the laws by which i am that which i am are universal 
i am that which i am because in the connection of the great whole only such a one and absolutely no other was possible and a spirit who could look through all nature would from the knowledge of a single man be able to determine what men had been before and what they would be at any moment in one person he would obtain the knowledge of all this my connection with the whole of nature it is then which determines what i have been what i am and what i shall be the same spirit would be able at any moment of my existence to form infallible conclusions on what i had hitherto been and what i was to be all that i am and shall be i am and shall be of necessity and it is impossible that i should be otherwise i do indeed feel an inward consciousness of independence of having on many occasions in my life exerted a free agency but this consciousness may easily be explained on the principles already laid down and is perfectly reconcilable with the conclusions i have drawn my immediate consciousness my absolute perception cannot go beyond myself i have immediate knowledge only of myself whatever i know further i know only by reasoning in the same manner in which i have come to those conclusions concerning the original powers of nature which certainly do not lie within the circle of my perceptions i however that which i call myself am not the man-forming power of nature but only one of its manifestations and only of this manifestation am i conscious not of that power whose existence i have only discovered from the necessity of explaining my own this manifestation however is certainly the production of an original and independent force and must appear as such in my consciousness for this reason do i appear to myself as a free agent in those occurrences of my life in which the independent force falling to my share as an individual manifests itself without hindrance but as subject to constraint when by any combination of circumstances beyond the limits of my individuality i cannot do what i might otherwise be capable of doing when my individual force by the excess of antagonist forces is compelled to manifest itself otherwise than in accordance with its own laws bestow consciousness on a tree and let it freely grow and spread out its branches and bring forth leaves and buds and blossoms and fruits after its kind it will be aware of no limits to its existence in being only a tree and a tree of a certain species and an individual of that species it will feel itself free because in all those manifestations it will act according to its nature it can will nothing more than what that nature requires but let unfavorable weather insufficient nourishment or other causes hinder its growth and it will feel itself confined restrained because an impulse of its nature cannot be satisfied bind its free waving branches to a wall force foreign branches on it by grafting and it will feel itself constrained it will grow but in a direction different from that of its own nature it will produce fruit 
but not such as it would of itself have brought forth in my immediate consciousness i appear to myself as free by meditation on the whole of nature i discover that freedom is impossible the former must be subordinate to the latter for it is only to be explained through it end of section two